The Marching Roundtable is proud to be an official media partner of Drum Corps International. This podcast is sponsored by Blue House Mallets, found at malletbuilder.com. It's very easy to be a passionate conductor and to get so into performance when you're standing in front of some of the best in the world. And, um, you know, I, I consider myself one of the luckiest people out there to be able to stand in front of a group like that every day. So they make my job easier. And, you know, anything I can give back to them, I'm, I'm going to give it to them because they, they deserve to see, you know, some kind of embodiment that might even get a little close to, you know, how incredible they are. So they, they make my job easy. That's Daniel Belcher, the drum major for the Blue Knights Drum and Bugle Corps. On this podcast, he talks about his role with the Corps, the very physical job of conducting all day, and about the decision to treat the performers as professionals and give them more personal autonomy, and the great benefits that came from that. People are respecting what you're asking them to do because they realize that you respect who they are as a person and their basic wants and needs and treating them like adults. And if you treat them respectfully, they will treat the organization and treat you and what you have to say with more respect. This is valuable advice that all of us can use with our groups to give the members a better experience and to get more from them during rehearsals. Treating your members like professionals with Daniel Belcher, drum major of the Blue Knights on the Marching Roundtable. This podcast is sponsored by Blue House Mallets, found at malletbuilder.com. Blue House makes keyboard percussion mallets for students, educators, and performers in three collections. The primary performer series is designed for years of reliable use in the ORF classroom. The Concertmaster collection is perfect for the developing percussionist. And their Contemporary Artist collection is a set of premier mallets for a complete range of marimba and vibraphone performance. With models for the classroom to the concert hall, the recording studio to the marching field, Blue House builds exceptional tools for musicians to engage their creativity and express their passion. Build your sound in the finest custom mallet build shop on the web at malletbuilder.com. Hey everybody, welcome to the Marching Roundtable. This is Tim Hinton. Thanks for listening. Really happy to be talking to this gentleman today. Daniel Belcher, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. And yourself? I'm wonderful. Thank you for talking to me. It's after the DCI season. Of course, you were the Blue Knights drum major. And I had the great um, privilege to meet you out in California at the Arcadia Music and Arts Symposium. You guys were there that day, and I, I did a video interview with you. So thanks again for doing that. Yeah, of course. That was an awesome day. Yeah, it was, it was really wonderful. The core was there, and uh, got to perform with the campers. And it was exciting. You know, it's always exciting to sort of get to spend a day with the core. It was very cool. So how was your summer? Uh, my summer was absolutely incredible. Uh, this is my third season with the Blue Knights um, and third as a drum major. And uh, I think this one was not think I know that this was the absolute best one yet. So I'm, I'm feeling really great coming out of this season. Well, congratulations. I thought the core was wonderful. And I was really impressed with you the whole season. Certainly when I saw you conducting that day out in Arcadia, I was like, okay, this guy is really, is really a, like a great drum major. I was really impressed with you. And that's why I wanted to talk to you. And then it was fun. I was in Indy and the chorus performing. And I'm like, I'm going to watch Daniel 
for a while, you know. So it was it was really fun to see you. I feel like you're um, such a good conductor. Uh, it's very inspiring to the performers. It's got to be fun to be stand up in front of a core that is so you know it's so proficient, so performs so well. Thank you, thank you for your kind words. That's uh, that means a lot. Um, yeah, it's it's very easy to be a passionate conductor and to get so into performance when you're standing in front of some of the best in the world. And, um, you know, I, I consider myself one of the luckiest people out there to be able to stand in front of a group like that every day. So they make my job easier and, you know, anything I can give back to them, I'm, I'm going to give it to them because they, they deserve to see, you know, some kind of embodiment that might even get a little close to, you know, how incredible they are. So they, they make my job easy. Yeah, I can. That, that's wonderful to you say that. I can see that working both ways. They certainly are inspiring you, um, but I felt like you were you were doing your part too because drum majors can have a huge impact. I'm sort of want to talk about your your job as drum major because I know this summer was not typical in some ways for the role you had. But first, I want to ask you: Are did you age out or you have more time? No, I have one more year. Okay, so we expect to see you back on the podium next year. Yep. I will be there. Awesome. That's great. Well, um, Blue Knight's show was was really cool. It was wonderful to hear the core, like I said, up close that day in California. Um, This was not a typical year. Like people, what's interesting to me is people often don't know, and nor should they, I guess, know all the stuff that goes on in the background um, at, you know, with cores. And sometimes there's different challenges that groups of students have to face each year and this year there was a lot of staff change sort of a lot of administrative um changes and things that happened early in the season um and we don't need to get into that except that i want to know how that impacted your role because you did a a wonderful post on facebook about this how you felt like that impacted your job so can you sort of talk about that people i think you know i think drum majors all have, have all kinds of different jobs like sometimes you're just a conductor sometimes you're clearly a leader sometimes you have to step in and do other things so um, yeah. How was it this year for you? Yeah, so like you said, there were a few changes this year. Um, we had a, a major change in the brass staff, which is you know the largest section of the drum corps, so that's very impactful. Um, and as a result, we had a lot of new members this year, a lot of people who... Um, you know, just didn't come back or maybe went other places because of this staff change. Um, and... We we had a large age out class in 2017, so we had a lot of first year members, and um, you know, in this new staff with every new staff comes some new, um, you know, a new vibe, a new way of teaching, a new way of uh, carrying ourselves. And so coming into this season, um, I really felt that we were kind of at the most flexible point that we had been in years, um, you know, and those things paired with some administrative um, changes. Um, some absences early in the season, just, um, you know, some people higher up that couldn't be there early on. Um, and th- this was my first season as head drum major, which we don't typically do at the Blue Knights. We just kind of have, you know, we have the drum major team and it's kind of a nebulous, but I was the only returner this year and they wanted to, uh, they wanted to create like a head drum major system. So we did that this year. Um, so that was my first time as the head drum major and paired with all these things, there was room for flexibility. Um, it was a drum corps that had a lot of room to make changes that would be, you know, a lot easier than any other year that you, you might want to make changes, uh, yeah. you know, and it's more necessary with these staff changes. So, you know, for me, this was, uh, it was a year that I, I looked at 
you know, the, the direction that drum corps is going and the direction of, you know, I think society in general, where you know, for, for the longest time, drum corps has been kind of a, you know, sit quiet, do your job, your opinion doesn't matter, and we're just going to do this. And you get a lot of that, um, you know, drum corps has been rough and tough and whatnot. And I, I saw the opportunity this year to, you know, make things more about the member experience. And so that was that was my focus this year. And it was really, um, it was it was really cool to see these things come, to, you know, come to be where we're making it more about personal autonomy. Um, the members are allowed to do more things. Uh, we're having a little bit more free time. Um, it, it, it's it's about treating the members like you know like professionals or like young adults rather than like children, and that was huge this year and. Um, you know, I couldn't have done that without a team that supported me, um, the administration, and of course the new staff. Um, that was the major key in this is that they were like-minded in the way that we thought about that. So that was, you know, I'm, I'm really grateful that I'm part of an organization that allows that kind of, um, flexibility and influence from my part, from the drum major team in allowing to make, you know, decisions like that and how we want to treat people and how we want to carry the drum corps. And, um, I think that was a, a, a really big thing for us this summer. And it was something that, you know, made everybody's summer incredible. I think it was the best member experience that this organization has had in a very long time. And I think as a result, going into next year, we're going to see, um, some of the highest member retention I think ever. So I'm, I'm really excited for that. Well, right. And I'm glad you mentioned that because that's no small thing. And I think that all people that have organizations are always trying to figure out how to have a, the best member experience possible because not only do you want to give them a great experience, but you do want them to come back and want to be a part of things again the next season. And so that seems really important. So you were able to go to the staff and say, Hey, I have this idea can we do a few things differently? And they were very receptive. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and it, it's things like uh, like looser lights out policies where, you know, usually we'll have a, you know, you have a set time where lights go out in the gym and that's my job to always, you know, all right, guys, we're going to bed and turn off the lights exactly on the dot. But, you know, in past years, that would be like, a, okay, everybody's dead silent. Everybody is in the gym, in their bed, and you're you're going to bed like right now. And I think that's, you know, that's just a one example out of tons and tons of things that we've done. But um, I think well, that speaks to how drum corps has been. Yeah, go ahead. No, 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 absolutely. Cause you're right. Drum corps has, has military background, you know, yeah. way back in the day. So that's, that's really fascinating that you bring that example up. So you were able to tell the members, we want you to go to bed at this time, but we are going to treat you like an adult. And if you need a few more minutes or you need to whatever, like we're going to trust you to take care of yourself. Is that kind of the idea? Yeah, exactly. So instead of, you know, and when I came in, I started in 2016 and I was, um, you know, a first year member and we had a drum major who it was his fifth year in the core. And so, you know, I, I wasn't making any decisions. I was just kind of following. So I kind of inherited this, like, you know, this is how it's always been. Like we're going to bed, go to bed now. And, you know, it was my job to enforce that and to walk around the gym and be like, hey, you know, you need to go to bed. You need to be quiet right now. Like, we need to get your full, you know, how many ever hours before rehearsal. It's important. And it is. But the entire time I'd be doing that, it's like, this just feels wrong. Like, I'm. these are some of the most talented people 
you know, in their craft and they're of, you know, at least around like our average age is always around 19 to 20. This year is our highest at 20 years old. And, you know, that felt wrong to me. And so with this year coming in and being able to say, you know, I don't, I don't think we need to do it that way. And I think we can make the member experience better and, you know, go down the route of where this activity is going. So the, the current way that I treat it and my team treats it is, you know, we turn off the lights at the appropriate time. So if you want your full time, you can, um, and you should, but you know, if you need to, if you need to call back home, if you need to get, take care of something, if you need to, you know, have a conversation with somebody outside of the gym, you know, as long as you stay like in the hallway adjacent to the gym, like nice and close and you're not, you know, you're not off snooping around or doing something you shouldn't be doing. Like it's, that's totally reasonable and fine. And if you're talking to your friends, just, you know, keep it down. Like, um, free time is so seldom, like it's so scarce in drum corps. Like you, you need those moments to be able to, to vent, to be able to take care of things that might be going on at home that, you know, nobody knows about, or you don't have time to take care of. And, you know, it's important to give people personal autonomy because I think so often we take that away in drum corps and what you can give back to them and personal autonomy, I think, you know, they will repay in effort and respect. Yeah, that, that's really an interesting topic because I feel like directors of all kinds of groups, um, you know, I, I've always said if you treat them like adults and like professionals, they usually will rise to the occasion and and step up and do that. But if you treat them like kids and you don't trust them and they're under your thumb, then they're going to act like that. So it's interesting that you – in this. I, I would assume that you're saying this sort of played out that way, that you felt like the students rose to the occasion of being the professionals that you were treating them. Exactly. And, I mean, in past years, there would be, you know, we'd be enforcing certain things, although the rules and whatnot. And I feel like there would be more people that would be um, acting out against the, the expectation. Whereas this year, um, you know, people, people are respecting what you're asking them to do because they realize that you respect their, you know, who they are as a person and their, you know, basic wants and needs and treating them like, um, treating them like adults. And if you treat them respectfully, they will treat the organization and treat you and what you have to say with more respect. Um, and they, they definitely rose to the occasion. I, you know, drum corps, drum corps members are you know, obviously some of the most motivated and mature people for their age most of the time you know to take that step to do drum corps and to leave home like that just says a lot about a person so these are people that are going to rise to the occasion when you put an expectation on them and and you know that's that's the key to all of this is you can you know lower the amount that you are you know monitoring them and um you know cracking down on them or whatnot or your level of um strictness i would say so long as you just have a, a high expectation you know and they 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 will meet that and I, I was very happy with the drum corps this year and the way that they met expectations and handled themselves and treated the organization and each other with respect that is really really interesting to me and you know drum corps as you mentioned earlier drum corps is not like it was decades ago, you know, gosh, when I was marching back in the eighties, you know, like it was a local thing and there were a lot of people that were very young. And, um, you know, now we have these sort of professional college students who are music majors. Like it's really a different population, certainly at the top level of drum corps, 
these days. And so you're right. We really are the animal that is different. And I think a lot of our traditions have still held on. So it's a very interesting conversation to be having. Yeah, for sure. Um, and yeah, exactly like you said, the the people in drum corps are, I mean, I'd say nearly half, if not half of the drum corps of the Blue Knights. I can't speak for other ones, but I know it has to be near the same. You know, they're, they're college music majors. Um, a lot of the music education majors that are, you know, they want to be band directors. And so I think the important thing to realize for anybody running a drum corps, or teaching a drum corps, is that you're teaching people who are going to go teach other people. Yeah. And so the way yeah. that, you know, the way that you teach and the way that you, um, you know, handle your membership, the way you treat your members, that's usually, you know, that's going to trickle into how these people treat their eventual students. And so, absolutely, you know, I, I kind of I see that opportunity, and I think students flourish when they are you know, given the opportunity to rise to the occasion and not just pulled around everywhere. I think, you know, personal autonomy and being treated with respect is um, a great thing on all levels. And I think drum corps is the best place to be able to do that the most seamlessly. Yeah. You know, one of the reasons we started the marching arts education website is that we felt like there were all these color guard instructors, drum instructors, you know, all these folks that are out there, but they don't have training in how to do exactly what you're discussing. So, you know, creating a great model for them and their drum corps experience is really powerful for what they are going to take out into the activity. So you mentioned lights out. Can you give me another example of, of something along these lines that the students got a little more autonomy on? Yeah. So let me see here. So we lights out and then, um, trying to think of one of the better examples put you on the spot with this sorry i mean you, no, it's fine. you mentioned I, free days or free time i guess that would be yeah yeah the most so, okay visible. yeah that's a really good one um so with free time we um the standard meal break is usually an hour um and this this year during spring training especially or actually any day that we would have you know, two meals parked in a spot, um, which is once you're on a tour is kind of unusual because you'll usually wake up, have breakfast, lunch, and then go to the show. But any day, such as like a rehearsal day in the middle of tour where we'd have breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and, you know, spring training, that's every day. We Dinner would be an hour and a half, which is like, that's actually huge. That's a lot of time. Like yeah. to add a half an hour meal every day, um, that's that's very significant and that that can add up over time and that's a hard decision for staff to make because you look at that over time and by the end of spring training you've lost like a whole day and a half of rehearsal almost or something near that <laughs> um but that was something that you know they said would you know that's that's going to be more beneficial than that time so long as we treat our rehearsal um you know, respectfully and going for quality reps over massive quantity. Um, and that was something that the membership greatly appreciated. That's, that's enough time to, you know, even take a nap during dinner, just that small little power nap or whatever mm -hmm. that, that can, that can hugely affect your last block of the day, which is usually ensemble. Right. And, right. um, you know, just something that, that small, that, what that gave to the members, like what they repaid back from that, I think was 
massively worth it because that 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 time that you get in drum corps is very precious because you're you know we, we train ourselves enough to where our bodies don't need don't necessarily need that extra half an hour of rest but really for your mind just that extra half an hour of um of decompressing of preparing yourself for ensemble being able to talk with your friends maybe get get off your back what's on your mind like that that was huge for us and i think that um you know that was a major thing that told the members like you know they're they're looking out for for us for our experience for what we um for what we need and you know they respect us and the amount of rest and decompression time that we need and that that was huge um i i love that you're describing that because that that falls in line exactly with the way i believe all rehearsals are and i don't think people realize how much time drum corps members are they're like every minute is you have to you know your tasks and you're rehearsing and it's so full but it makes perfect sense to me as a creative person and somebody that you know i know if i have some time to myself and time to rest or like you said sort of turn your mind off or what however works for you then the time you are going to be present is going to be so much more valuable you know if i take an hour off in the middle of my day then the work when i sit back down to work i do so much more and so much better work so the concept makes perfect sense to me exactly yeah and and that's a huge thing for us is treating treating our rehearsal time that as you know it needs to be needs to be quality not just quantity you know you can have us out on the field for more time or throw an extra hour of rehearsal in but if we're not mentally there to do it um or out of our prime like it's you're not going to get as much out of it and so by taking an extra half an hour of rest and decompression time i would say that our ensembles we had or our last blocks of the day that we would have after that that larger break were much better than they would have been without it because everybody came ready decompressed they've had enough time to process the first two blocks of the day and they've had enough time to you know hype themselves up for ensemble you know, you know I'm, I'm feeling rested maybe i took a nap I'm, I'm ready to go and our ensembles those last blocks of spring training were killer this summer so cool. i think you know that, that that paid paid back massively yeah, I'm just glad we're having this conversation because I think a band director that's listening to what we're saying, you know, I think I've, I've been at rehearsals where the director is so frantic to get stuff done that they're like, okay, let's just have a five-minute break instead of a 15-minute break. And so this would be an example where you would say, now, wait a minute. If you give those kids time to turn off and not be in rehearsal, then when they turn back in and start concentrating again, you'll get so much more out of them. So I, I love that you're having this conversation, and I love that you're seeing that it played out. You're, you're, you're exactly right. And that example you used, I mean, we did the same thing. That's just another example of the treating members with respect and, you know, giving them their time, personal autonomy. We, our water breaks this year, I think in this activity, a, a very popular saying is gush and go. <laughs> right. Or whatnot, where you'd, you know, it's all right, you did your rep, put it down. Let's, let's go grab, go grab water, come right back. And we kind of stepped away from that this year and said, you know, like, why do we do that? We, Hydration is important, especially in drum corps. I mean, t- Texas this year, record heat. <laughs> yeah, that was and, crazy. In the 110 area, it was it was insane. Um, but, you know, we said there, there's we don't need to make this so frantic to where we're doing reps and then 
running to get water and coming back or you know you're probably spend you're probably sweating more water out running there and back than you're putting in your body so we, we always took our time with water breaks it was never a uh, all right you need to run it was a uh, and we, we never really put a, a time on it unless we wanted to get a larger break. We'd just say, all right, grab water. And people would you know, either leave their equipment if we're setting back up there or going somewhere else, they'd take it. they just, you know, they'd walk back with a purpose, get get a few chugs, you know, usually yeah. two or three good good gulps, and then you come right back. And, you know, we established this culture where they were so ready to rehearse and respectful of the time we needed to rehearse and the things we needed to get done that it wasn't a rush but they were you know they they went back they did their business and got their water and came right back in just a, a few minutes so you know and there was no like all right guys come on let's go or anything like that um <laughs> it was uh and i think it was really awesome to see that culture where it was just this mutual respect and um yeah. something that wasn't you know, it wasn't talked about or it wasn't forced. It was just like a, all right, you gave us water and we're, we're going to go get it, get it done, respect the time. We're going to take our time and yeah. come back. And it was a nice, calm, yeah. a very calm rehearsal. I totally love that you're describing that because, you know, listen, these, think about a drum corps member. They've taken their whole summer. They're spending all this money. They're giving up all this time. They're out in the heat. Like, they clearly are super motivated to be there. They want the core to be fantastic. They want to have a great experience. You know, you don't, you shouldn't have to whip them and fight. You don't. You're like, they're clearly there as a motivated person. So it all exactly. makes sense. You know, it's funny because I know you work with, with all kinds of marching groups as instructor too. And, you know, I'm thinking about that. You go to the band rehearsal and the kids are dragging on the field and the band director is just trying to get them through it. And then you give them a break and they're all running around like crazy and they have all this energy. And I've had directors say to me, look at this. Why do they have all this energy now? They, you know, they were dragging on the field. So it sort of proves your whole point. You know, you have to give them time to be themselves and turn that brain off and take a break. So I'm really loving this conversation. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. I, I see that. That's a very classic example of uh, <laughs> of uh, a high school setting. Oh yeah, and I know exactly what you mean. And I, it works on all levels. When you, especially with high school students, if you create a calm rehearsal vibe and that's respectful of their time, they're going to give you so much more. Um, you know, it's especially. I think with today's society too, especially showing that you have respect for. Um, your students, they're going to give that respect back. Um, I think when you see kids dragging, the correct answer is not to come down on them or to try to false hype, but to, you know, give them a second or maybe kind of step back and evaluate. And, you know, we, we had times over the summer where we would drag a little bit, not out of not wanting to be there, but, you know, maybe it was a massively long bus drive. Maybe we've had four show days in a row. You know, we kind of get out there in the, the morning. Maybe it's a one block. So we have a warm-up and immediately ensemble. And we're going and we do a rep. And, you know, it, it's good, but you kind of see the faces out there where, you know, the eyes are puffy and people are you – know, they're trying to fight through their own thing. And you'll see that with high school too, especially, you know, kids that aren't aren't used to a regimented schedule, say band camp, you know, you're right. on your third day. No, they just walked out of a summer of – you know, probably sitting playing video games or whatnot. They're not used to that. Um, I think the right thing to do is not like, oh, come on, guys. Like, what's wrong with you? Blah, blah, blah. Or, come on, we need to push. It's it's really, you know, the thing that I like to do is like, hey, guys, like, are we are we feeling all right? Like, uh, 
do we need to take a second? Do we need to, you know, take some breaths in? You know, and that, that's something that our brass staff would do is like, all right, guys, let's uh, let's take a deep breath, do do our little breathing exercise, whatnot. But like taking a second to evaluate, you know, where you're at and ask yourself where you're at. I think we we uh, we often just kind of go into this numb, like, oh, let's just let's just push through this or you, you kind of lose sight of where you're at. I think it's important to evaluate, you know, how you're feeling and um, take a, take a step back from what you're doing and try and reevaluate uh, where you're at. I think yeah. that's, that's the most helpful, honestly. Yeah, no. And it all comes from this idea that you're putting forth about treating them as professionals and as adults and that they'll respond. I love that. One of the other things you, you mentioned on a Facebook post that I thought was really really cool was, you know, after the drum corps season, there's all these body by drum corps photos and everybody shows their transformation. They lost all this weight or whatever. I thought it was really interesting that you were saying that as a drum major, it's how hard, hard you were working that you felt like you put on weight, you put on some muscle. I thought that was interesting. Can we talk about that? Because I'm sort of a, yeah. I'm sort of a workout fitness kind of guy. And I think that this is an interesting angle too. It's not just dropping pounds because you're running around in the heat, but you actually, you know, you're working your body. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't do a standard body by drum corps post this year, but I did find a shot that somebody took from rehearsal, and it's uh, it's like me at the bottom of my ictus, and probably one of the more you know aggressive parts of the show. And so you can see like some of the muscles in uh, in my upper body. And I, I looked at it, and I was like, wow, I didn't really realize that I look like that. Um, yeah. And being a conductor. Um, Typically, you put on weight in the summer, and not like oh, you're just standing there all day. So you got you got chubby eating all the massive amounts of food that everybody else is eating and not running around. <laughs> That's not it at all. It's um, you know you're you're typically not getting as much cardio. Where you know conducting is some cardio, but it's a it is a massive workout. Um, you know, depending on your conducting style. But for myself, I like to conduct very. Uh, very muscularly like very strong downbeats that you can kind of see the the pulse like through my entire body not just my hands where you can see my body physically move um and that that takes a lot of like a lot of muscular power and i every year during spring training we have those first few ensembles and i'll get to the end and (laughs) my upper body cannot even be used to hold a cup of water like Mm. i everything is just locked up you know it's it is a a very taxing task on your body and so for for that reason where a lot of people get very very skinny and lean i typically put on weight in terms of muscle like yeah i I trim out in some areas where i have you know maybe a little bit of the the winter chub but i gain more weight um from the from muscle um, conducting, and my my favorite thing I like to say out of jest is that by the end of the summer I often look like a Dorito just for the fact that my upper body is <laughs> works so hard, but my my lower body is used so little in terms of performance that uh, it looks like I haven't hit leg day in quite a while, which is <laughs> largely true. Well, Robin, I love that you're talking about how hard you're working and how how physical it is, and I don't think people think about that. Very much certainly if you're a drum major, you know, um, but absolutely. And you know, Hey, we just, you just need to go back to doing that high mark time on the podium. Like they did back in the day, Daniel, <laughs> there you, you go. Yeah. You have it all worked out. 
<laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, throw that in at some rehearsal, see what everybody says. Uh, <laughs> no, but I love the idea because I feel like, um, you know, I just loved the, the idea of how physical it was and the response that your body had to that over the whole season. Certainly, I saw that in your conducting. Yeah, I, conducting can be a very, very rewarding thing. And I, I love that it gets me um, in shape for sure. It's, you know, when you think about it, you're you're taking your arms and you're taking them from about your belly button level to the top of your head, you know, on average two and a half to three times a second for, you know, at least eight minutes of your show most of the time for a standard drum corps. That's, that's a workout. Yeah. Right. Well, and then if you're doing it right, then there's all this other other components and you're, like you said, you're sort of tensing to help be expressive. Uh, it's very yeah. interesting to me, but uh, that was a great picture and you should be proud of that for sure. But I thought it was very cool that you sort of had that. That's how you know your body responded to the summer. I thought that was really interesting. Definitely, definitely enjoying the benefits of conducting. So the goal <laughs> this year is to uh, goal this year is to just build from here, and hopefully, I can not just stay in shape, but maybe uh, build off of it. So that's that's my hope and goal this year. Okay, we'll so we all, goes. we all expect to see Daniel on the podium next summer in <laughs> sleeveless shirt or. Uh... Oh yeah, there we go. <laughs> I'm sure they can work that out. to spring training. <laughs> Look like nothing changed. I'm ready to go. There you go. Hey, yeah. why not? No, that's awesome. <laughs> well, listen, I think you've done such a great job, and I think it's really interesting um, that you were, you know, clearly people know this, but that your role with the core was so much more than just conducting, you know, and, and I love that you felt like you were able to have an impact on the member experience, and we're so conscious of that. So it's awesome that you did that for the members. Is there anything else about your summer or your job that you want to mention before we finish this conversation? Uh, I probably just want to sum up what, what you just said there. I think that's important um, to know. Um, it, it, it's different everywhere, but at least to me, I feel like 90% of my job is off the podium and off the field, and only 10% of it is on. And that's honestly how... I wouldn't want it any other way. You know, the, the conducting part is phenomenal. It's so enjoyable, but that's really just the payoff. Like even the running rehearsal part, like I, I've been doing this for long enough that that's, that's no sweat now. That's like a second nature kind of thing. What what's really awesome to me is being able to be someone who can have an influence. Um, and that's the best part about being a drum major and all, all the things that come along with it, all the things that you got to pick up and, all the slack and you know you're you're that that's my favorite part is you get to be down and dirty in the work and you get to be in the underbelly of the drum corps making sure that every bit and piece is working and every bit and piece is healthy and ready to go um and i think that's that is the most rewarding part of being a drum major so i i'm thankful that i've found my home in a drum corps where that is the desire and expectation of a drum major. So I absolutely love my role with the Blue Knights and I am very excited that I still have another year left. Yeah. Well, I think that's awesome. I, I love that you um, are doing such a great job. I think the core is so lucky to have you and I'm happy that I can sort of highlight, you know, I think drum majors are, you know, sort of unsung heroes. Like, you know, you get that moment where you take the bow, <laughs> you know, and everybody's looking at you and then, People don't tend to think about you very much, and which is understandable. 
But, um, you know, I'm, I'm always happy to be able to highlight the great work that someone like yourself is doing. And Blue Knights are really lucky to have you bringing that expertise and that passion to the core. So thanks for all that you're doing for them. Thank you very much. Thank you. That means a lot. Yeah, thanks for talking to me, Daniel. It was wonderful. Yes, thank you for having me. Definitely enjoyed it. Find more podcasts about the Blue Knights and about Drum Corps in our podcast archives at marchingroundtable.com. And watch for more podcasts about this 2018 DCI season, including a conversations with 10 of the design staffs of top drum corps. You can watch video versions of those interviews right now for free at marchingartseducation.com. And we hope you enjoyed the DCI wrap-up podcast that I recorded with John Bogenschutz of Tone Deaf Comics. If you like that conversation, you can hear five more shorter podcast conversations with John and I about this DCI season, available only to supporters on Patreon, who support the Marching Roundtable or Tone Deaf Comics. If you're giving as little as $2 a month, you can hear these special podcasts at patreon.com. Just search for the Marching Roundtable or Tone Deaf Comics at patreon.com. Follow the Marching Roundtable on social media to keep up with upcoming podcasts and guests and for constant coverage of all topics in the marching arts. This also includes our new Marching Roundtable Facebook group. And get our bi-weekly newsletter by signing up at marchingroundtable.com. Thanks again to the sponsor of this podcast, Blue House Mallets, found at malletbuilder.com. When you speak to the good people at Blue House Mallets, tell them you heard about them on the Marching Roundtable podcast. This is your host, Tim Hinton. See all the services I offer at my website at timhinton.com. This includes music for marching groups, drill writing, show consultation, podcasts, webinars, video instruction, and coursework. TimHinton.com The Marching Roundtable now has over 1,000 VIP members, listeners, and fans who are following our podcasts closely. If you or your company sponsor one of our podcasts, you'll have the ears of these listeners and many more like them who download thousands of podcasts each month hearing your sponsor message. These listeners also could see your ad on every page of our website, plus see your company name and a link to your website on our bi-weekly newsletter or where our podcasts are located. Find out more by clicking on Sponsorship Opportunities at our website at marchingroundtable.com or contact Tim at tim at marchingroundtable.com. Our listeners are the exact audience you're trying to reach.